Amen. Galatians 6 chapter, looking at verses 1 through 10, dealing with the subject matter of spiritual community. Spiritual community. Galatians 6 chapter, we are back in. Galatians about to close out this letter. We spent some quality time on the fruit of the Spirit. Praise his name. So hopefully we have grown a little bit stronger in understanding exercising the fruit uh, of the Spirit. And, and also we've heard about how to talk about what kind of Christian we are. And having the word in our hearts so that we might see fruit in our lives. And then also we heard about what's love got to do with it. And we understood that in dealing with the fruit of the Spirit, the first fruit dealing with was love. And so we can't be fruitful Christians without love. Tell your neighbor, you need love. And here, right here, Paul is going to talk about even more love uh, that is needed in the Christian uh, community. Uh, chapter 6, uh, verse 1. Amen. Look like we're all there. I'll read it from the New Living Translation. Word of God says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and this way obey the law of Christ. Watch out now. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Uh, I'm stick a pen here right moment. Help me preach to your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, you're not all that. Amen. Tell your other neighbor, tell him, tell him, you're not all that. And then look at him, look at him, look at him, and let him know with a smile on our face, don't fool yourself. <laughs> Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Uh, help me out, preaching them one more time, tell them, mind your own business. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Look, look at them and tell them, take care of your business. And, and tell them, I'll take care of mine. All right, all right. For we each, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Right here, number seven, verse seven. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Mm, mm, I'm going to stop right there. Go ahead and have your seat. Tell, you, tell your neighbor, we're going to talk about a spiritual community. Amen, 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 amen. Looking here, we're talking about how we need to have a spiritual community. If you look up community in a dictionary, you'll find a common definition such as that a community is a group of people living in the same place or having particular characteristics in common. The body of Christ should be a community of love as a commonality. 
Oh, y'all, y'all, I must have lost somebody somewhere. The body of Christ, the church, should have love as a commonality. All right, all right, all right, I was going to say, but I didn't get an amen on the second time. I'm going to have to go back. I'm going to have to go back. Because look here, if we are a community, what do we have in common? Oftentimes, when we think about our communities, we think about the things we have in common. We think of experiences we have in common. Sometimes it might be the land we have in common, or it's the zip code we have in common, or the area code we have in common. We talk about that because when we mention something and we say we're from Peoria, those who are from Peoria, we think about the things we have in common. So when people don't know about Peoria, they don't know about our community, we mention a few things First, the first thing we most mention is caterpillar. They say, have you heard of caterpillar? Oh, uh, I think I've, I heard that. You know those yellow tractors? Oh, yeah, I've seen them with a headquarters here in Pure. Oh, oh wait. But they said, like, oh, it's caterpillar. We don't know anything about caterpillar. And then, then the second thing we back up is, uh, well, you heard of Richard Pryor, right? And some would say, ah, ah, Richard Pryor, kind of, you know, I kind of know about, well, you know, he's the best comedian there ever was. Everybody imitates him, Richard, Richard Pryor. He's from Peoria. Like, oh, okay, 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 you know, Peoria, whatever. You know, we, we talk about what we have in common. They don't have that in common, so they don't know about it. But we know about how Caterpillar is the reason most people came here to the scene in the first place just to get a job. We know that. That's what we have in common here. But you notice that it's common to us. It's not what? common to them. But one thing that can be common in a community is love. Mm. Think about how love is not a stranger in everybody's community. I've yet yet to been to a place or been to an organization or been anywhere where love was not allowed. I've been to places, I've been to places where they don't allow certain things, but love is there. And yet, yet, even though they, check this out, even when they exclude people or exclude things, they think they're still letting love in. (laughs) But when you let Jesus, I'm talking to somebody, when you let Jesus get in your heart, you find how love is, 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 is amazing. As Pastor Brent says, like a boiling pot, because you know, when something boils, it overflows. That when you get love, it'll overflow and it'll influence how you treat one another. That's why he who is spiritual, look at the qualification here. He who is spiritual or he who is godly. So he or she who is spiritual or godly, she or he shall restore someone to what? Gently. Mm. A spiritual community should be a community that welcomes people to build them up, not to tear them down. Think about why most people go to any place just to feel better about themselves. Think about, has anybody gone to a place that I got to go there because I got to get my whooping? I might as well come by there because they're going to talk about me. So, you know, that's the party I want to go to, the one they did not invite me because they don't like me. But I'm going to go there anyway so they could talk about me. You know? Anybody done that before? Show of hands, see if somebody did that. And, and sometimes we do that because, why? we just want some attention. But what we really want is somebody to lift us up and to encourage us. You understand, you understand there's the psychology that any attention is better than no attention. If you need some help, just go to any school and sit down and watch a child act out. And oftentimes that child is acting out just wants attention. And you might find out, but they don't get the kind of attention they need in other places in their lives. And so therefore, when I come to school, I got to get the attention I desire. Any attention is better than no attention. 
and, and, and in this process, too, when we talk about love, remember how we're talking about love. Uh, some people say the opposite of love is hate. I just want to correct you. No, hate is not the opposite of love. Hate is not what you may desire, but hate is not that. Hate is an extreme form of love. Check that shit out. When you love somebody, you hate them. What do you mean? I mean this, that. Because you love them, you hate that they get stuff that you want. Am I talking to somebody? But when you don't love them, you don't care what they have. The opposite of love is indifference. I don't care. Thank you. I don't care. That's how people try to hurt you when they say they don't care. Check it out. Check it out. That's why when they do things right, they, I'll unfollow you. I'll block you. (laughs) You're no longer my friend on Facebook. Pointing out that because Facebook and Twitter and all those other places are a way for me to have investment in you because I care. I want to know what's going on. But when I don't care, well, I don't look at your posts. I don't care about you. But those who love them but hate them, they follow up because they got envy in them. (laughs) What they got now, oh, man, I hate that. Let me go get some, too. But when you love somebody, you're not looking to take something from them to build yourself up. It says he or she who is spiritual will gently restore the one that has fallen. See, we should be about restoration. Tell your neighbor, it should be about restoration. Think about if I am about to restore you gently, then I'm concerned about reestablishing a relationship that we should have so that we will be stronger. We know how it says what together we stand, divided we. Think of how the enemy wants to divide us. He wants us to be against one another. You know how the saying goes, divide and conquer. There's a there's a, a book out there. I'm trying to remember the. This is not on my notes, so I don't have the title off the top of my head. But there's a, there's a, there's a, a book out there, and it definitely calls the Slave Codes. And the, and the Slave Codes deals with this, that it tells the slave owner how to keep the slaves divided. And in there, he is telling them, said, treat the fair ones better than the darker ones. And that way they'll fight amongst each other so they won't be united to come against you. <laughs> Man order understood, divide and conquer. And, and even in, in, in the Bible, check it out. Don't, don't you see the tribes come, come, come on together? Some tribes come together. Judah and Benjamin come together while the other ones say they split up the kingdom. Now, so you got one kingdom north, you got one kingdom south. One is being good, one is totally evil, but they can't get along together. <laughs> divide and conquer. How the enemy gets into a family. I'll work on the wife or I'll work on the husband or I'll work on the children, but somewhere I'm going to get a division so they end up with a divorce. Divide and conquer. But the Bible tells us that we who is spiritual, oh glory be to God, so work on to restoring those who have fallen so that we can gently bring them back into relationship, not tear them down. Check it out how many people are, are surviving, I said surviving, in their marriages because they both they want to divorce at the same time. That's how it worked out. Many of us can realize that there's sometimes that you want to give up, but if your partner wants to give up too, you'd have been, let's go. 
But because one who was spiritual at the time was able to restore whatever was broken, was able to gently build it back up so that you can stay strong together. I lost somebody. That's all right because it's the truth. That's right. <laughs> when you speak the Bible to one another, it's an encourage not tear down. And, and catch out how we stand. We don't stand there prideful and say, look here, I am holier than thou. No, it says that you need to watch so that you don't fall for the same temptation. Uh, let me help somebody out. That's why when you are talking to somebody who has committed adultery, you need to be careful in your conversation that you don't end up doing the same thing. Sometimes we get caught up because, uh, well, I've never done that. How do you do such a thing? Well, you just haven't been tempted in that area yet. Some of us talk about other people because we think we know everything about their life. But you don't know their story. And so until you can understand the strength of the power of God, you understand that only by the grace of God you've made it. As far as you have. Some of us would have some, some felonies on our record if somebody caught us at the wrong time. Watch out somebody. Some of us would have some, some, some suspended driver's license. Watch out somebody. And we got caught at the wrong time. I'll help out somebody. You know you didn't always drive with your seatbelt on. You know you didn't always follow the speed limit. But yet, you only got caught once that year, not three times. Watch out, somebody. I lost somebody, but yeah, you got caught three times. That's, that license gone. Sure enough, gone. Insurance up. Watch out, somebody. And so here it is in our lives that we realize it's only by the grace of God that we have made it thus far. But yet, we want to condemn other people because they got caught. Because you didn't get caught. No, no, no. The Bible does say, because they get caught condemned, it says, he who has fallen, look to restore them. And it says what? Gently, humbly. And then it goes points out, not only are we about restoration, tell your neighbor, we got to carry. We got to carry each other's burdens. Because I love you, check this out, because I love you, I will help you. Joy shared is joy doubled. Burden shared is burden half. Anybody had, ever, ever moved in somewhere before? You ever moved in? All right. Anybody ever moved in by themselves? A few people moved in by themselves. There's a whole lot of work in there when you do it by yourself. But when you got help, boy, it's like a party. Am I right about it? You get donuts, you get coffee, right? You take a little lunch break. You sit down and talk about some good times, right? And then you go back and say, all right, let's finish it up. It seems like you have fun together. Why? Because it's, it's trouble shared. How much more should be on life than when someone's in burden that they need some joy? Help. Can I, hear, can I get a witness? They need some joy. They need somebody to encourage them. They need somebody to lift them up. It says the burden, to carry the burden. Has anybody ever done any weightlifting? Have you ever done any weightlifting? So there's a, there's a time if you are doing some powerlifting that you, you try to see how much weight you can do in one press. And when you want to do that, you got to have a spotter just in case you can't get the weight up by yourself. And, and so you go and you get that way and you get, ah, yes, I got it up. Now you get it down. Like, oh, I can't get it back up. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. 
Now, the spotter can't lift it up oftentimes by themselves. They need your help to get it up. But yet they're there to help remove some of the weight so that you can get it up off your chest and put it back on the place so you can get some rest. Is there anybody here glad that there's some people out there that when you fall and you become smashed and you become pressed, that you can cry for help and they can help lift it up? So that you can breathe and remove that stress, remove that pain from you. He or she who is spiritual will gently restore you and help carry your burdens. You notice that they will help you out. Notice this, that they will help you carry. That means they carry it for you. Watch out, somebody. They will help you carry it to restore you. Because you know who can remove your burden? Mm, Jesus. He is faithful and just if we confess to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And we need some partners in our lives that hold us accountable. I, I, I encourage you to have a person that you can trust to tell them about your issues. I'm looking around. Most children gone. All right, here we go. We, 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 we need to have men and women check over one another and say, How are you being celibate? Watch out, somebody. We need to check with men and women saying, how are you doing with pornography? Watch out, somebody. We need to check and say, uh, 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 how are you doing with alcohol? I, I drink just a little. That, that's good. It said, don't be drunk. So when's the last time you got drunk? We need to talk and be real and say, I'm concerned about your spirituality because one, one little crack is all we need. For, the, for it all to start crumbling down. If you need some assistance, all you need is one crack in your basement. And what's going to happen? Flood. All it needs is one crack. Water will find it. It'll find its way. The sump pump can only do so much. But when you got a crack, let it just rain just a little bit. You're going to have a whole lot to clean up. Same way in our lives. If we just give the enemy a foothold. It said a foothold. It didn't say it got, it got your leg and your arm. Just a foothold. It's just enough for them to bring you down. We need to be mindful that we need to look up and say, how can I carry and encourage you in this time and help you? I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to encourage you. Why? Because I love you. You see, in, in Galatians, the fifth chapter, after you deal with the fruit of the Spirit. You see the summary verses there. It says something very spectacular and great for us. It says this, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed his, the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us what? Follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. You see that? So the contrary for us being conceited and provoking and jealous of one another is for us to encourage and build up and restore one another. We should be led by the Spirit. So we're being led by our spiritual nature, not our sinful nature. We need to be mindful that how our flesh likes the things that satisfies the flesh. So we need to be mindful when we're restoring somebody and carrying their burden, don't get caught up liking that sin. 
That's why I encourage when we tell our testimonies, don't talk too much about the sin. We talk about the sin and we make this sound like the sin was something exciting. I remember back in the day, could nobody gamble like I could. Boy, I could win great on the table. I would come home with a whole lot of money still living in debt. But you're going to talk about your winnings on the table. You see what I'm saying? We, we make the sin sound good. You know, I, I was real good at sinning. We all were good at sinning. We were all professional sinners. The wages of sin is death. We got paid for sin. It is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So we should look at the mess we used to be and say, no longer do I want to satisfy this sinful nature, but walk in the spirit and realize there's going to be sometimes my flesh becomes weak. I may stumble. I may fall. But may I have somebody by my side that I can call on her. I can call on him and they can remove and help lift that burden off of me so that I can walk again. I encourage you to get accountability partner. Someone you could be truthfully honest with and check this out, that will pray for you, won't pray on you. Not the ones that will use your information to go tell somebody else. Oh, man, you know about so-and-so's trouble. They told me about it. In confidence, by the day they didn't say that. They told me about their issues, man. I don't think they're going to make it. Not praying for them, talking about them. We should not think of ourselves, what, more than we are. Don't fool yourself. Don't get caught up in somebody else's business that you forget your own. Because you are held accountable for what? Your own conduct. Jesus gave this great principle, and it says this, that do not, be, you know, do not judge. And the same way you, you judge, you shall be judged. Then he gives another example talking about how don't talk about the speck in somebody else's eye when you got a plank. In your eye, let me know somebody. Else. Don't don't talk about somebody how they got uh, some 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 sawdust in their eye when you got a tree sticking out your face. It's it's easy for us to point out to somebody else how wrong they are when we stop looking at ourselves. Think about how you walk out the house, you remember what you look like, but you forget. How many times you seen people looking for glasses when they're on top of their head? They knew they were there, but they forget. We forget some things about ourselves. Where are my glasses? Where, where are my glasses? I know I have them. I know I had them. They're on top of your head. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we need to check ourselves to see the condition that we are in. It says he or she who is spiritual. If you are not spiritual, don't try to say, let me help you out. Then y'all both going to fall. Don't think of yourself more important than you ought to. You're not all that. We are who we are, but by the grace of God. So when you carry one's burdens, it's like Jesus was carrying the cross. We are to bear or put on to oneself to carry. How, and, and we need someone to lessen the low. God wants, wants us to be spiritual enough that when we are helping someone, we help remove them from the burden they are under so that they can lift up and, and feel better about themselves. I think about the story during the tornado in Washington, a teacher 
was trying to protect her students in the hallway. And so she covered her students, and the wall fell on her back. And the wall was on her back as she was over the students, removing the weight of the wall from the student because it was on her back. But yet, yet the storm did not just drop a wall there on her back. A car landed on the wall that was on top of her, on top of the students. But because of her helping carrying the weight of the wall and the wall helping carrying the weight of the car, the, her and the children were okay. Won't he do it? Look how God can work it out that he can surround you with the right people at the right time when things seem to be crashing and falling on you. People will be there. They'll remove the weight that will crush you, that would have killed you, that would have took you out just so that you can say, I made it. Anybody here got that kind of testimony? I made it. You try to take me out. You try to put me down. But by the grace of God, I'm still here. I'm still standing. I'm still in the land of the living. Only by his grace. I know I wasn't strong enough, but he is able. Anybody here glad that he is able? And so when you are able to surrender, to the Spirit of God and be able to carry one's burdens. We'll carry them with humility. We will check our motives. We're not doing it because I'm spiritual and better. I'm doing it because it's for the glory of God. We carry each other's loads not to put them down, but to build them up. So therefore, the commitment is not just in words, but it's in action. I just want to drive this point home that we talk about how I'm committed to you as my brother and my sister in Christ. But yet when you call on me, I have no action. Uh, words speak, but actions are louder. Actions are what? Louder than words. Don't say you love me, but you're never there for me. Don't say you're committed to help me, but when I call on you, you're always busy. Don't say you'll be there for me, but in the time I need you, you say, I got to get an appointment. You've seen those commercials. Uh, maybe not, and let me help you out, that uh, a woman is calling all her friends. Can you help me? Can you help me? And they're like, no, they're all busy. Then she calls the cable company and says, we'll help you. We'll help you move. We'll make moving easier. Let her know that we're here to help you. We're committed to helping you to make your move easier. Regardless of your friends, will they be there or not, we will be there to make sure you're committed to help you move. How true it is that we t- people tell you they're going to be there, and you call them on the day, and they know that's the day you're moving. All of a sudden, I'm busy. I'm tired of I, I can't make it. But yet, when we are committed, our actions will line up with it. Did I say I will be there for you? Call me anytime. Then mean it. Don't don't say it. Be mindful of your word because people, a lot of people, though you may not take truth in what you say. If you say call me at any time, they call you at midnight. Don't curse them out. You say call me at any time, and I'm gonna take that liberally. I'm gonna take it liberally. You say call me at any time, there's gonna be some times I might have to call you at any time. But if you're gonna say your business hours, then go ahead and be like like red. Say my business hours are. 
<laughs> Monday to Friday, 9 to, to 5 p.m. Go ahead and let them know. These are my business hours. Don't come up. Be like Willie Wonka. Please submit all questions in writing. You know, let them know how you're going to be in contact with them so they know that if I want you, I will come in business hours or I will submit it in writing. But if you say, I'm your brother, I'm your sister, and I'm a, I want to be there for you, well, be there. So, in conclusion, I want to grab home this last aspect of a spiritual community. We want to remember we want to reconcile. We want to restore. We want to carry each other's burdens. But the totality of this is that you do not do this for yourself. But you do it because it pleases God. And because it pleases God, God should be your pleasure. Why should God be my pleasure? Because you reap what you sow. God will not be mocked. God will not be mocked. If you sow in the flesh, you're going to reap decay and death. But if you sow spiritually, you're going to reap eternal life. You know what it means by you reap what you sow? Uh, sowing, you know, is basically planting of seeds. And so whatever you are planting, you're going to get back. I lost somebody. They didn't really grab what I just said. Let me explain something to you. Uh, you always angry. Don't be surprised. You get anger back. You always talking bad about somebody. Don't be surprised. They talk bad back to you. Things seem not to go your way, but you're always mean to people. Don't be surprised why things are not going your way. I, I want you to grab here that you always want to walk around with a, a scowl on your face, only got two words or maybe not even words to say to somebody. They say, how do you? That's all you do. Don't be surprised why nobody calls on you. Nobody checks on you. You reap what you sow. You, every time they try to talk to you, you don't talk back. Guess what? They're going to stop talking to you. You're going to reap. What you sow, God will not be mine. You can show up, show up in the church house and put on a good face and bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. You go around and say, Jesus loves you and so do I. Jesus loves you and so do I. But I'm going to curse you and talk about you as soon as I walk out this place. Don't be surprised. Were you in the house where nobody checked on you? Don't be surprised you called in the move and yeah, they busy because they're helping out that other member that they talk to and communicate with. Say, if I got time, I might be able to swing by your place, but I'm with so-and-so right now. God will not be mocked. We try to play the game of fooling God, but yet you can't fool God. So is he your pleasure? What do you mean, is he my pleasure? Is he your all in all? 
we use this terminology oftentimes when someone say, you know, we, we try to witness. And when we, I say we try to witness, you know, how when we try to witness, this is, this is the opportunity we try to witness, right? We try to get them to say the sinner's prayer. And if they say the sinner's prayer, we're like, bam, I got another one for the kingdom of God. I'm not trying to belittle I'm not trying to knock that down. But the sad thing is that many people will say that just because they feel a little bit guilty, but they're going to go back and live in the same way they're living. So the question is not, do you go to church or do you believe in Jesus? The question is, is he your treasure? What do you mean, is he your treasure? If he is your treasure, like that man that found that Jew, he went and sold everything that he had for that one. If he's your treasure, you'll give up everything for your treasure. If he's your treasure, you will protect it. You will protect what? Your heart, because he's your treasure. If he's your treasure, you do everything that will bring glory and honor unto him. More than doing things of the flesh if he's your treasure. If he's your treasure, check this out. You don't need anybody to tell you it's time to worship because you treasure him. You know it's time to worship. If he's your treasure, you don't need anybody to tell you what time worship is because you're going to worship him 24-7 to the rising of the sun, to the going down the same. You will worship him. If he's your treasure, you don't need somebody to tell him, to tell you to tell him that I love him because you already told him. And he said, well, I'll tell him again. Because I love him. You understand, if he's your treasure, it makes it easier for you to put up with other people's mess. Because he's putting up with your mess for how long you've been living. Go ahead, you don't have to tell nobody else. But he's been putting up with you, but you treasure him. So how dare you not say, because I love you, I got to love my brother. I got to love my sister. Because I treasure him. See, the mentality changes. It's not because I go to church uh, it's not because I took communion. It's not because I got in the water and got baptized. Uh, all those things. You can go down a, a, a dry center, come up a wet center. The water doesn't change you. He changes your heart. He's your treasure. Think about how I would love you and cherish your death. Do us part. Cook my dinner on. Don't love you and cherish you right now. We can see how we say things, but we don't treasure them. If I treasure them, I'm showing off his good. Can you try a little bit more salt next time? When you treasure, you look for the good, not for the bad. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. For, 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 for the non-Bible skillers, that's what Job said when he was stricken. He lost, he lost everything that he had, body, rigging, and swords. And they told him to curse God and die. But he understood that he is still God. Naked I've come into this world. Naked I will go out. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. He understood he's my pleasure. It's not about me. It's all about him. I'm not as important as I think I am. But he deserves all the the glory and the honor. And when we stop getting building ourselves up to pat ourselves on the back or put our names and lights, but said, Lord, may you be the light of the world. May you shine. Because you're my pleasure. Your mentality will change because he's your treasure. You reap what you sow. So if he's your pleasure, then look, you're going to sow what is spiritual. So what is spiritual? We'll go back to the fruit of the spirit that is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
gentleness, self-control, faithfulness against such things. There is no law. Think about how you're going to sow more love. You're going to sow more joy. You're going to sow more peace. You're going to sow more patience. You're going to sow more gentleness, long-suffering, and faithfulness. Oh, how that harvest is going to look. Mm. How that harvest is going to look. Harvest of eternal. So how are we going to build a spiritual community? We need to make him our pleasure. So, Lord, because I want to please you, and you are my joy, I will do your command. You see that right there, Paul says, do what the Lord commands. And Jesus says, this new command I give you, that you should love one another. No greater love than this than what? A man that lays life down for another. Jesus showed us his greatest love. We died on the cross for our sins. And his death on the cross signifies us to be dead to sin too, that our sins to be crucified to that same cross, nailed to that same cross, to die and never rise again, but to rise new. Because he is in Christ is a new creation. Build all things past, build all things become new. I want to encourage you that check this out. You could have had a bad day yesterday. Well, tell, tell, your, tell yourself that's the old self. <laughs> I'm a new person today. And I want to walk in his newness. I want to walk in his mercy. I want to walk in his grace. Check this out. Check it out. You might mess up today, but if he bless you to see another day, brand new grace and mercy will be available that day. Oh, glory be to God. And you can walk in a newness again. Say, Lord, forgive me for my transgressions, for my sin. And I want to walk again in your newness, in your peace. And, and how do I know this is available? Because the 23rd number of Psalm tells me, surely goodness and mercy so follow me all the days of my life. And if that doesn't help you out, Jesus says, and lo, I will be with you until the ends of the earth. And that doesn't help you out. Look when he comes back again. He says, I will be your God and you will be my people and you'll be with me forevermore. You know he died so that we can be with him. He died so we can be one with him. He wants us to have fellowship with him. And when we have fellowship with him. It's easier to talk to somebody else. It's easy to put up with their mess. It's easy to lift them up and to encourage them. Because why? I'm not walking by myself. I'm walking on water. And I'm walking on water because I'm with Jesus. Tell your neighbor I'm walking on water now. What I mean when I say I'm walking on water, W-O-W, wow. In the time when they were walking on water, the water was was giving them trouble. And because Jesus was present, Peter says, if that's you, tell me, come. He said, come. And what was giving him trouble became to be under his feet. Tell your neighbor, I'm walking on water now. And so when we have a spiritual community, we can lift each other out the boat and say, come on, walk with me. <laughs> walk with me, Lord. Walk with me. 
And as we walk and we say, I'm walking with the Lord. And if I'm walking on the Lord, I'm walking on water. And as we're walking on water together, we're overcoming our troubles. We're overcoming our problems. And we're building a better community by so that we can love one another and encourage one another. Don't worry. Don't let troubles hold you down. Just walk on water. Walk with the Lord while I'm on this tedious journey. I want Jesus walk with me. The doors of church are now open. The doors of church are now open. You want to be in that community of the Lord and Savior? You're welcome in this community. He loves you. He loves you. He cares for you. Is there someone here today looking for a church home? We welcome you here in this place. Hallelujah. He's worthy. He's worthy. You're welcome in this place. Hold my hand. Yes. Is there someone here today? We welcome you here in this place. One for the Father. One for the Son. One for Holy Ghost. You may be seated. Tedious journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be my God, Lord. Yes, yeah. You may be seated. You may be seated. Be my God, Lord. Amen. Amen. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? Glory be to God. I came this way right here. Uh, I, I'll say about two months ago, it's been the charge of my head, not to my heart, but her heart's already been here. Mother Kyle decided that I've never officially joined 